Now, um, Pastor Dad was reading that passage of Scripture from Psalms 115, verse 13, from that whole psalm and from verse 11, and so on. And um, what she did not know is that that is the very essence and the, ve the very, very essence of, of, of what the Lord has given to me to share with you today. So, whether it be a confirmation to her or whether it be a confirmation to me, it is a confirmation. This is the word of the Lord that the Lord has for you here and now and today. Amen? So, open up your hearts. Receive in Jesus' name. Psalms 115. I'm titling today's message, The Law of Increase. The Law of Increase, Part 1. Slash, Fear of the Lord. The Law of Increase. Psalms 115, reading from verse 11. You who fear the Lord... That's who he's talking to. Trust in the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord does. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the Lord's ministry house. He will bless your house. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, we see here that it says, He will bless. He will bless those who fear him. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase. He will bless. May the Lord give you increase. My mind, my understanding, my spirit of discernment tells me that him blessing, that to bless is to give increase. To bless is, to, is the empowerment to prosper. It is to give increase. But it says, may the Lord give you increase. More and more. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. I mean, it could have said increase. It could have just said, may the Lord give you increase. But it says more and more. Emphasis on that increase. Not only you, but on your children. It's generational. This covenant that we have is not only with us, but it is also with our children and with our children's children. The Lord bless you. All right, but now, to whom is he speaking? To whom is this blessing? To whom is this increase? It starts off back in verse 11. You who fear the Lord. And then again, in verse 13, he will bless who? Those who fear the Lord. Both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. So, this increase is for those who fear the Lord. Say, fear the Lord. Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, let's just consider Jesus for a moment. Isaiah chapter 11, reading from verse 1, talking about Jesus, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. 
the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord shall what? It shall rest upon Jesus. And his delight is, gonna be, is in the fear of the Lord. In other words then, um, his delight, his special treasure, his delight, the thing that Jesus delighted in the most was the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he is our example. The spirit of the fear of the Lord was his delight, and that spirit of the fear of the Lord rested on Jesus. Jesus, in fact, walked in the fear of the Lord. It says in Hebrews 5 and verse 7, that how he made these cries, and uh, Hebrews 5 and verse 11, let me read that. Praise the Lord God forevermore. Hebrews 5 and verse 7. Did I say 11? I meant 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and fears to him who was able to save him from death, he was heard, and, and tears, sorry, and he was heard because of his godly fear. Let me read that again. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. The scripture speaks in Luke how that Jesus increased in stature and in wisdom. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wis is wisdom. Proverbs 20, um, Job 28 verse 28 says, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. It is the beginning and it is wisdom. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. Jesus was the embodiment of the fear of the Lord. He was the fear of the Lord in demonstration. The fear of the Lord trusts God. Jesus trusted the Lord. The fear of the Lord obeys God. Jesus obeyed God. The fear of the Lord has this purity, this holiness. Well, Jesus walked in holiness. The fear of the Lord, it says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from speaking guile. Jesus never defiled by one word of his lips. Jesus was the embodiment of the fear of the Lord and reverence for God. All that he did, it was not about him, but it was about the Father. Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. He lived for the will of the Father. He was absolutely dedicated, devoted to the will of the Father. He walked in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to see things as God sees it. Well, he had the mind of Christ. The fear of the Lord is to feel about things the way God feels about it. And that is the reason why he went into the temple where there were the money changers that were doing a whole lot of stuff. And he says, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. And he drove out the money changers. Why? Because that fear of the Lord so gripped him that he felt about things the way the father felt about it. He saw things the way the father saw things. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
That fear of the Lord, zeal for the house of God that gave them that zeal. What am I saying? I'm saying that Jesus was the embodiment of the fear of the Lord. He walked in it perfectly and Jesus is our example. He always did those things that pleased the Father. And in fact, as we're going to be, we will see that the fear of the Lord, that this law of increase is walking in the fear of the Lord on our part. Jesus walked in it perfectly and the scripture says, look at Jesus' ministry. The word of God says that of his kingdom, this says first of all, of, his, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It says in Revelations 11 verse 15 that all the kingdoms of this world shall be, become the kingdom of our God. That is increase, isn't it? Amen? Now for you and I that fear the Lord, we have the word of promise from Job 8 and verse 7 that says even though your beginning was small, your latter end shall be greatly increased. Now I'm saying these things today for a couple of reasons. Number one, that you would set your heart on the fear of the Lord. But also too, that you will so walk in the fear of the Lord and that you will have an expectation of increase and you're going to begin to believe God for increase. It is the will of God that you would believe him for increase. Increase is God's will. It is his dream. It is his desire for his people. He wants you, he wants to give you more peace. He wants to give you more joy. Against such there is no law. You cannot have too much joy. You cannot have too much peace. You cannot have too much love. Oh, oh come on, my brother. You're being too much joyful. You, you, you're walking in too much peace. You're walking in too much faith. You are too humble. You are too meek. No, he wants increase in the fruits of the Spirit. You are walking in too much discernment. No, he wants you to have more discernment. He wants you to be more sensitive to him, to his word, to his spirit. He wants you to, to have greater intimacy with him. God is a God of increase. Say more. more. He wants you to have more fruits. He wants you to have more operations of the gifts of the Spirit. He wants you to operate in more authority. He wants you to have greater influence. He wants you to have more favor. Say more. He wants you to have more material possessions. He has given you the power to get wealth so that, it, so that through you and you're giving that the, his kingdom can be established on earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to have more resources. He wants you to have more faith. Say more. Hallelujah. Now, he did not just say in that verse, may God increase you. But what did he say? May God increase you more and more, you and your children. So what is the point here? You are to set your heart and your faith on increase more and more. Say, I agree. I set my heart and I release my faith and I believe for increase more and more in every area of my life in the name of Jesus. Now in Genesis, in the creation, it says, God says, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And then he went on to say, and let them be fruitful and multiply. And he says, let them multiply, have dominion, let them what? Multiply. Now that Greek word that is translated multiply, the Hebrew word, sorry, that was translated multiply, is translated throughout the rest of the Old Testament as increase. Are you with me? Amen? It is, it is translated 
increase. Hallelujah. So God from the very beginning, let them multiply, let them increase. Now that word, that multiply, um, is not, was not just talking about, it was not limited to them populating the earth. And having children and populating the earth. No, that word, as it is used, that word multiply, that word increase, is multidimensional. Just like wisdom, it speaks about the manifold wisdom of God. Just like grace, he will cause all manner of grace. Grace is multidimensional. The the, the wisdom of God is multidimensional. Well, so is increase. So he's not just talking about populating the earth. He is talking about growth. He's talking about increase in, in so many different areas. For instance, it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that you might grow or increase in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It says in Proverbs 1, verse 5, that you might increase in wisdom, in understanding, and in learning. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 that God may cause what? All manner of grace to abound towards you that you might have all sufficiency and abound unto every good work. That is talking about increase in every single dimension of grace. Isn't that right? That's what the word of God says. So how are we to believe? We are to believe according as it is written. And therefore speak. That is what the spirit of faith is about, is it not? So it is God's will that you would go from grace to grace. From strength to strength. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. Is that the scriptures? Absolutely. So think in grace. Think increase in every area. Say, I believe God. I release my faith for increase more and more in every area of my life in the name of Jesus. So we know without a doubt that increase is God's will and it gives him pleasure when he sees you increase. Isn't it that way for you and your kids? It gives him pleasure. Now, I personally have been studying and I've been praying, um, and this is present tense. (laughs) And I've been praying and believing God in this whole area of speed and acceleration and restoration. Why? Because that produces increase. That produces multiplication. And I've learned a few things since I've been in in this arena. Amen? Now, but it brings us to this question. Who gives increase? Who can make a baby grow in a mother's womb? Who can make the plant grow? It is God. God is the one that gives increase. Where does it come from? God. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Say, God gives the increase. Hallelujah. It is God that causes the plant to grow. It is God that causes the baby to grow in the womb. It is God that multiplied the five loaves and two fishes. Isn't it? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Every good 
and every perfect gift comes from God. God is a God of increase. Scientists say that the earth, scientists say that the, that the universe is expanding at the speed of light. That's what the scientists say. It is continuing to expand. How many of you have ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Come on. You got to Google some stuff. <laughs> right? You're a university student. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But yes, the, the, the scientists say that the, that the universe is increasing at the speed of light. God is a God of increase. More specifically, it is God the Holy Ghost. That is the God of increase. Because you see, he is the, he is the, the arm of God. He is the, the, the working member of the Godhead. He is the one that executes the counsel of God. It is he that performs all things for us. Psalms 57 verse 2. It is he that performs the miracles. Galatians 3 verse 5. The Holy Spirit who performs miracles. But how does he do it? By the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith. Who does it? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that is the God of increase. Now, listen to this verse of scripture in Leviticus um, chapter 26. We were singing in one, of the, um, in one of the songs here today about the rain. The rain, say the rain. Now, in Leviticus chapter 26, the Holy Ghost, he is the God of increase. 26, let me just read verse 3 and 4. If you walk in my statues... And you keep my commandments and you perform them. In other words, if you stay in harmony with me, if we walk together, if we be in fellowship, if we be in communion, amen? And you will find out that is the fear of the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and you keep my commandments and you perform them, then I will give you rain in this season. And the land shall yield its produce. And the trees of the field bear fruit. And then the word of God will produce fruit after its kind. When the rain of the Holy Ghost comes on it. But you must walk in the fear of the Lord. You must walk in his statutes and keep his commandments and perform them. You must be in harmony and in unison and in the fear of the Lord. And then I will give you rain in its season. And the land shall yield its produce. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. That's increase. Now it says in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3 that the Holy Ghost, that he will come to us as the rain in the former and in the latter rain. So the Holy Spirit is the God of increase. Now listen to Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and they were edified, built up. Glory to God. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the fear of the Lord and fellowship and communion and harmony with the Holy Spirit caused increase, multiplication. So, what are we seeing in this verse? This verse tells us, number one, 
that the Holy Spirit, he is the agent that causes increase. This verse also tells us that they were walking in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they were walking in comfort and they were, there was a harmonized fellowship, so to speak, with the Holy Spirit. But this verse also tells us that that led to what? That, that they were walking in the fear of the Lord. And this is Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So what do we see? They were walking in the fear of the Lord. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit, fellowship with him, and the results, they were multiplied. There was increase. Say increase. So, how did it take place? Why was this increase? Because they walked in the fear of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit produced the increase. Here then is the law of increase. The law of increase on your part and my part is walking in the fear of the Lord. The law of increase is walking in the fear of the Lord. So what does the Holy Spirit require of you? What does he require of me in order to increase? For you and I to walk in the fear of the Lord. Your part is to walk in the fear of the Lord. His part is the increase. You walk in the fear of the Lord and he is faithful. He will give the increase. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm in the turn to scriptures flow today. Amen? Give you a moment to just digest. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 verse 23, 4, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that rules over all, seeing we are receiving a kingdom where God has dominion and authority and rule and everything is underneath his influence and government and control. And everything bows to that kingdom. Seeing then we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So given that we're receiving this kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace and serve God in the fear of the Lord. In other words, then, let us have the grace of the fear of the Lord. Having received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, cannot be shaken, have the grace of the fear of the Lord. In other words, my cry and your cry ought to be, Lord, you are the one that causes all grace to abound towards us. Lord, grant unto me the grace of the fear of the Lord that I would reverence you at all times and walk in the fear of the Lord all the day long so that you could be authorized to release the increase in my life which gives you pleasure. Amen? Hallelujah. So what's our part? It's the fear of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what is required of us. Glory to God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Glory. Hallelujah. Reading from verse, well, verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God? We are the temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. 
Ah, God says I'm going to dwell in them. I'm going to walk among them. I'm going to be their God. That means I'm going to be their source. I'm going to be their provision. I'm going to be their supply. I'm going to be their shepherd so that they shall not want. I'm going to be their healer. I'm going to be whatever they need me to be. I am God. I want to be God in their lives. And they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Be separated unto me. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, not just God, but I'm going to be God, who is God, but I'm going to be a father to you. I'm going to father you. And you're going to be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Says El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough, the all-sufficient one, is saying to you and I, be separated unto me, give me that opportunity to be God and Father to you. Therefore, chapter 7, verse 1, having these promises of El Shaddai being God and more than enough to you, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. In other words, what is he saying? He says, I want to do these things. I want to bless. I want to show myself strong. I want to be your God. I want to be a shadow to you. I want to be whatever you need me to be. But this is what I require of you. Perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. What I require of you is that you would walk in the fear of the Lord. Is that what this is saying? So what's your part? The fear of the Lord. Now, Hebrews chapter, <laughs> my assignment today is very simple and very clear cut. It's very, very simple. And it is simply this. By the Spirit of God to provoke within you a burning passion and desire for the fear of the Lord and to walk in the fear of the Lord. That's it. That's it. In this message, that's the assignment. Amen. <laughs> All right. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest. Since a promise remains of entering into his rest. Into what he has finished. What has he finished? What has he finished? Glory. You see the rest and the Sabbath is about what it, Christ is the Sabbath. It is about what he finished. So he says, given there's a promise, I've promised you. Come on. Come on, my children. Come on to me, all ye that labor and heavily labor, and I'll give you rest. Come, come. Enter into my rest. Therefore, having this promise that remains to enter into his rest, let us fear, lest any of you come short of it. In other words, then, you want to enter into that which he has finished? Fear the Lord. Say, fear the Lord. All right. Glory to So what's your part? Fear the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. First Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah. Now I'm preaching holiness without preaching holiness. <laughs> First Peter chapter 3. Reading from verse 13. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. First Peter chapter 3. What's up here? What's up here? First Peter chapter 3 and verse 13. This is strange. My Bible says something else. This is a new Bible. That is correct. First Peter. Oh, no wonder. It's not chapter 3. It's chapter 1. Okay. I was wondering, what is this? Okay. First Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is going to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you are born again, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Every born again child of God, Christ is in us. Now, when that Christ that is in you, your life is hid with Christ in God, and when Christ is your life shall appear, Colossians 3 and 4. When that Christ that is in you is revealed, when he appears, when he begins to come forth, when he begins to manifest in your thinking, in your believing, in your speaking, when he begins to become formed in you, when that Christ in you appears, the scripture says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 10, that he brings life, that's healing, health, wholeness, and immortality, that's immunity to sickness and disease, to light, to the surface. So, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully on the grace that is going to be brought to you. He is grace. The law was given by Moses. Grace, all manner of grace came through Jesus Christ. So rest, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober, think straight, think right, and rest and we look forward to the hope. And rest hope and hope fully upon the grace that is going to be brought to you at the revealing of this Jesus that is in you. And as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now, by the way, I'm in the New Testament here. All right, this is not Old Testament. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. In other words, have a true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on the earth, whether long or short, conduct yourself in the fear of the Lord. In other words, what's your part? The fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me go back to Psalms 115 where we started again. Psalms 115 again. I said this before, but let me repeat it in the context of where we are right now. Psalms 115 verse 11. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. And then verse 13. He will bless those 
who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you, you who fear the Lord, increase more and more, you and your children. So who it is that is getting this increase? It is the ones that fear the Lord. Hallelujah. So on our part, God is the God of increase, but on our part is the fear of the Lord. So um, from our perspective, on our side, the law of increase is walking in the fear of the Lord. Psalms 85 verse 9 says, um, Salvation is near to them that fear him. Wholeness, deliverance, prosperity, divine protection, the blessings of the Lord's, healing, all of that is near to them that fear him. Now, that brings us to the question, what exactly, what is this fear of the Lord that Jesus walked in? This fear of the Lord, this grace of the fear of the Lord that we are crying out for, that we want to just infuse us. This spirit of the fear of the Lord that is that which Jesus majored in and delighted in. The fear of the Lord is reverence for God. It's highly respecting and honoring God in all that you do, in all that you say, and even in what you think. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let my words be words that, that are honoring to God. It says in Psalms 34, I will teach you to fear the Lord. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your mouth from speaking God. So this fear of the Lord affects your thinking. It affects your speaking. It affects your believing. It affects your imagination. It affects everything about you. But then you might say, this is legalism. This is, this is law. This is, this is legalism. This, is, this doesn't sound like grace. Well, <laughs> blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, let's find out. This does not sound like grace. This sounds like some kind of, you're putting me on the law. You're putting me on the legalism. Well, let's find out what the New Testament says about it. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation, wholeness, deliverance, the born-again experience, and everything else has appeared to all men. It's available and it's appeared to all men. And it teaches us. Oh, this grace teaches. Grace is a teacher. Say grace is a teacher. Well, we shouldn't be surprised that grace is a teacher. You know why? Because the law was given by Moses, but the grace came through Jesus Christ. Grace is not just some concept or doctrine. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. And he is a master teacher. Amen? Anyway, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men and it teaches us. Teaches us what? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age and dispensation. Can I put it that way? Hallelujah. So then, this grace teaches us. It teaches us faith. It says you can't even access this grace without faith. 
It says it is a faith that it might be by grace that a promise might be available to all the seed. We are saved by grace through faith. So this grace teaches faith. Romans 4 verse 16. But this grace also teaches us that the riches at Christ's expense is available. But you access it by the application of the keys of the kingdom of God. What do you mean the keys of the kingdom of God? The principles that govern the kingdom of God. When you apply them, faith will access it. Righteousness will access the grace. So grace is a teacher. <laughs> so if grace is a teacher, and you want to be a good student, what should you do? Listen and obey. Are you with me? And this grace teaches us what? To live soberly and righteously and godly in this present time and in this present age. That is another way of saying the fear of the Lord. The grace teaches the fear of the Lord. Now, again, as I said, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to read, I'm going to read scripture mode today. Hallelujah. First John, first epistle of John, chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Oh, how wonderful. That we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. But beloved, now are we children of God. And it, does not yet, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know. We know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. Isn't that wonderful? When he is revealed, we shall be like him and see him as he is. We're going to be like him. We're going to be like him, having a glorified body. He, we're going to be like him. We're going to be conformed to his image. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, this hope and this desire that when we see him, we're going to be like him. And it's a purifying hope. It's one that moves us into a place to walk in the light, even as he's in the light. It moves us into the place to purify ourselves, even as he is pure. That's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord teaches. The fear of the Lord teaches. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, work out your salvation. All of the goodness of God and the blessings of the Lord, wherein you be blessed with every spiritual blessing, wherein God has given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, where there is divine healing and health and prosperity and the power to get wealth and the anointings abiding within your spirit. It says, work it out. Work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. So again, the fear of the Lord, that's what is required of us. And the grace teaches that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is seeing as God sees. That's why we have our minds renewed. That is the reason why we pray and we get into his presence. Because in his presence, he shows us the path of life. 
Because in his presence is where he calls us to understand. It is in his presence that he moves back the curtain and he moves back the veil and he calls us to see even as he sees. That is why we sit upon the wall and we meditate where and why. So that we can see what he says and know what we are to answer when we are in a jam or when we are asked. So you see, this fear of the Lord is seeing things. The way God sees it. And it's feeling about things the way God feels about it. That's why Jesus turned the temple upside down and drove over those money chambers. He wasn't silent about it. He said, uh-uh, no, no, no. Not on my watch. I'm not going to allow you guys to come into my father's house and do this kind of stuff. No. And he drove them out. Can you imagine if we start operating like that? There was a man in the Old Testament, what was his name? Um, with the spears. What's his name? Phineas. Where there were some folks decided that there was this guy, you know, they were told not to, not to, um, you know, not, not to, to get involved with the heathen and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and this fella decided, you know what? He's going to make a mockery of God. And so he decided that he was going to have literally sex with this heathen woman in his tent with the tent door wide open as disrespect for God. And Phineas, who was the grandson of Aaron or somebody, I had to go check it out. He saw it and he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, not, in the, not on my watch. And he took a spear and he spared the man and the woman. You would think, oh, murder. But do you know what the scripture says? Because of what he has done, God says, my covenant is going to be remain with him and with his house. Now, I know in today's law, that would be a problem. But what was the point? He felt about it the way God did, and it moved him to action. The zeal for God consumed him. Can you imagine if the fear of the Lord will begin to grip us, what will happen? Hallelujah. So, you see, this fear of the Lord is a big deal. And it is, God wants us to choose and develop and grow and walk in the fear of the Lord so that he can be authorized to produce the increase that he desires. The fear of the Lord is hating what God hates. It's loving what God loves. That is why when you operate in the fear of the Lord and we grow in this arena, what will happen? God is compassionate. You'll be compassionate. You're not going to look down on somebody because of how they dress or how they don't dress or because, no, you're going to have compassion on them. Are you with me? When you see somebody, you're going to pray for their healing, not just so that they can be delivered and you can look good and that I prayed for them. I prayed for them. I'm the one that prayed for them and praise God, look how they're healed now. No, you'll be praying for them because of your compassion. Ought not this woman being bound for all these years by the devil be loosened from this infirmity? Are you with me? That's, that's being conformed to his image. Feeling about things the way he does. Hating sin because he hates sin. Loving the sinner because he loves the sinner. Being merciful because he's merciful. Is God merciful? Well, the man that fears the Lord will become like that. Psalms 112, listen to this Psalms. We, 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 we read Psalm 115 today, I'm going to read Psalm 112. <laughs> All right? 
Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So we're talking about a man that fears the Lord. Who delights greatly in his commandments. He delights in the word of God. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And, and righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious. He is full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals, deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies and see them turn to God. He has despised abroad. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He will gnash, he will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. That is the man that fears the Lord. Let me give you, let me give you, let me share with you a prophetic composite, so to speak, of the fear of the Lord. Amen? A, a composite, a, a, just a whole bunch of stuff in, in here. The fear of the Lord is the highest and most noble response that a person and especially a believer can have, um, they, they can have to God. It is the most, it is the noblest response that you can respond to God with. This fear of the Lord. Which is to say to who God is. It is this recognition of who God is and the awe of him that caused you to have this response. And no wonder the fear of the Lord is connected to worshiping God. Amen? Because it sees, it esteems God and stands in such awe. Wow. The fear of the Lord is to love God. The fear of the Lord is to trust God. It's to exalt God. It's to worship God. The fear of the Lord makes you desire to be transformed into his image. Into his likeness. Into his character. We read that, 1 John 3. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope purified himself even as he's pure. Why? Because he want to be conformed to his image. Psalm 17 verse 15 says, I'm going to be satisfied when I awake in his likeness. When I awake and I'm so transformed in my character, and my behavior, in my thinking, in my speaking, that I'm so much like him. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we to be in this world. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As a man ways pleases the Lord, God makes his enemies to be at peace with him. God makes his enemies his footstool. Who are his enemies? The devil, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, oppression, confusion, torment, curse, misery of any sort. God will make his enemies to be at peace with him. Psalms 145 verse 19 says, He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. 
Well, you may desire prosperity, but I believe you desire health. I believe you desire a mind of peace. You desire freedom from torment and confusion. Right? You desire no curse operation in your life. Well, he will, he will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. And he will make your enemies your footstool. The fear of the Lord will move you into a place of an open heaven. We talked about that last week. An open heaven over your life where there's the outpouring of the spirit of the Lord and where there is the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Job was a blessed man. I know some things happened to Job, but the scripture says in Job chapter 1 verse 3 that he was the richest man in the east. And concerning Abraham, how God blessed him. Blessed him and multiplied him and increased him. The fear of the Lord, I want you to see this. The fear of the Lord is also God's treasure and it is to be yours. Listen to this verse of scripture. Isaiah 33 and verse 5 and 6. Come on, pages. All right, verse 5. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high and he has filled Zion with, with justice and righteousness. Wisdom he has filled Zion, the church, the church, this space where he's supposed to have complete dominion, the body of Christ. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of understanding. And it is the strength of salvation. Now, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Now, listen to the Amplified. There shall be stability in your times, an abundance of salvation, an abundance of wisdom and knowledge, the reverential fear and worship of the Lord is your treasure and his. So even as the fear of the Lord was Jesus' secret, the fact that he operated in the, that was his treasure and that was his delight. And as a result, he operated in the spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, knowledge, and all of that. So it is, it says here, that the fear of the Lord is God's treasure. This is the thing that God treasures. And this is the, this is the thing that you and I ought to treasure as well. Amen? So the fear of the Lord is the gateway into what? Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. And listen to this one. It is the gateway into intimacy with God. Let me ask you something. Would you like to have someone, would you be close and intimate with someone? Someone that may not even like you? <laughs> someone that is, every time you say something, hmm, I don't believe you. Or someone that, is, that, that ridicules you, accuses you, judges you constantly. How intimate will you be? If you are God, are you going to have that same intimate place for Judas, for Doubting Thomas, as you do for John, the beloved? No. So it says in Psalms 25 and verse 14 that intimate fellowship with the Lord is reserved for them that fear him. 
And to them, God will reveal his covenant. In other words, who can have the secrets of the Lord? Who can be in this close intimacy? Them that fear the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 147 verse 11, it says the Lord takes pleasure in those that fear him. Now, as parents, we're not supposed to have preference for our children and so on and so forth. But sometimes you might have one child that will just endear your heart because of their respect and their honor for you. As opposed to the next backbiting one. (laughs) Are you with me? All right? He takes pleasure in who? In them that fear the Lord, that fear him. So we are to choose the fear of the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 and verse, verse 16, and, and I could see the runway. We're getting close. It says, those that fear the Lord, they talked often about him. And they taught on him constantly. And a book of remembrance, God had a book of remembrance where he recorded who they were because they, because they feared him and they meditated and they taught on him. Think about it. You see, for the wicked, God is not even in his thoughts. So understanding that, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Unbelief is evil. The fear of the Lord trusts God, so depart from unbelief. Fear the Lord, you are saints, it says, for there is no want to them that fear him. The Lord will be your shepherd, and you shall not want. The young lions and those that depend on their own strength, they do lack and suffer hunger. But those that fear the Lord, that seek the Lord, shall not want for any good thing. Psalms 34, verse 9 and 10. The Lord himself will be their reward, will be their portion. The Lord himself will be their inheritance. The Lord himself will be their sufficiency. The Lord himself will be their shield and their exceeding great reward. For who? For the ones that fear him. Now, I'm going to end here, but next week, next week we're going to go further and we will scripturally connect the fear of the Lord and how it produces increase in various areas of your life, and at the same time, unveil some, revel- some revelatory truth, so to speak. But today, the objective was simple. <laughs> that you would desire and passionately desire the fear of the Lord. So as I close right now, we're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to pray the spirit of the fear of the Lord into you. But as I close, let me, put, uh, let me give you some scriptures that are going to be the PowerPoints or the prayer points that, that we're going to pray in. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Solomon said, Solomon said, um, the duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. That means what? Fear God and just be in harmony with him. In Acts 9, 31, it put it differently. They walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost and they were multiplied. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 God says I want to be a God to you. I want to be a Shaddai to you. So what do you do? Having therefore these promises, perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. 
Proverbs chapter 129 says, Because they hated knowledge and they did not choose the fear of the Lord, there were certain miseries that happened in their life. Flip that around and what is God saying? God is saying that you are to have knowledge, but not, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge. But he's also saying that you and I are to choose the fear of the Lord. That's the choice you need to be making right now. What do you choose? Do you choose the fear of the Lord? Hebrews 12 verse 28 says, You have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Therefore have grace and serve God with reverence and godly fear. In other words, have the grace of the fear of the Lord. So even right now, begin to ask God, God, I want that grace of the fear of the Lord. Hebrews 11 verse 2, we saw Jesus. He, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, that was his delight. Lord, give me the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Some of us have a spirit of, anyway, I'm not going to even go there. But we want to have a spirit of the fear of the Lord. Jeremiah 32 verse 39 and 40, listen to it. It says, I will give them, God promises I will give them one heart. And one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and for their children after them. We're going to see that children stuff next week. Connected to the fear of the Lord. And God says, I will, so he says I'll give them a heart to fear me. He says I will, I will give them one heart, one way that they may fear me forever for their good and for the good of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. That I will not turn away. That I will not turn away from doing them good. And that I will put my fear into their hearts. And in, our ch- and in their children. I'm adding that part. So that they will not Depart from me. And so, with all of that, Psalms 90 verse 12 says, Lord, teach us to number our days. Whether we be here for 40, 50, 60, 100 years, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts all the days of our lives to the fear of the Lord. And on this scripture, we're going to pray. Psalms 86, verse 11. It says, Lord, unite my heart to fear your name. Teach me the fear of the Lord. Unite my heart to fear your name. And I'm leaving part of that out, so let me get it correctly. Psalms 86, Verse 11, write this down. Pray this in your prayer closet every day. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So, Father, now if this is you and you're saying, Lord, I choose to fear the Lord. Then let God hear your heart. Show him your hand that I am choosing the fear of the Lord. I am choosing the fear of the Lord. I choose the fear of the Lord. So, Father, 
Lord, I wish I could pray this prayer for every single one, but I know that this prayer is for those that choose to fear the Lord. For those that don't, I pray you will touch them and you will bring them into that place where they desire to fear the Lord. But for those that are saying, Lord, I choose to fear the Lord, I pray for them right now. I pray, oh, Father God, that you will unite their heart, that their spirit and their soul chamber will come in agreement and would be so saturated with the fear of the Lord that they will walk in truth. They will walk in your ways. Grant unto them the grace of the fear of the Lord. Grant that to them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let them have that spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, knowledge, and most of all, may their treasure be in the fear of the Lord. May they have a delight in the fear of the Lord. May that be their treasure. Grant them, Father, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Father, I'm asking that you would do this. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus, and I'm asking it by the very faith of Christ. Grant them the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the grace of the fear of the Lord. Unite their heart to fear you. All the days of their life that they may never depart from you. And that through the fear of the Lord, they will build a a refuge for their children and their grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Amen.